Hello everyone and welcome back to Can't Stop Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. This week I'm going to introduce you to a new story. You just might have some tears, you probably will smile, and you will most likely be very angry. Charles William Netherland, we are going to do everything we can to help you get the justice that you deserve. Are you ready? Let's do this! so much to every one of my patrons. Without each of you, there is no way I could continue to help the fight for justice. You guys, it is ridiculous the amount of grieving families that run out of funds while fighting for their loved one. No one asks for this to happen, but unfortunately, it happens. And when it does, the last thing a family wants to worry about is not having enough money to fight for their rights and for their loved one. Your monthly contribution goes towards Freedom of Information Act request expenses, travel expenses, administrative expenses, and so much more. Thank you for your generosity and care. And if you're wondering how you can help on a monthly basis, please visit my Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash can't stop, won't stop, where you can learn about the four different tiers that are available. I appreciate you. Okay, so you may be wondering if you missed something and why I'm covering Charles Netherland's story so abruptly and without really giving you much notice at all. Let me explain. So a local community member and a huge Can't Stop, Won't Stop supporter named Cheryl introduced me to a grieving mother from Missouri named Penny back in March of 2021. Side note, Cheryl is the one that came up with the name Can't Stop, Won't Stop and gave me permission to run with it. Thanks, Cheryl. So I asked Penny to give me a synopsis of her son's story. And you guys, this is what she said. Quote, I had three sons and my baby passed away in 1988 from congestion failure. He was five and a half months old. He was a fighter. Anyways, my oldest son was in a car accident March 17, 2012. They didn't think he was going to survive. He was in a coma for about five months. Charles, my son, was with me and stood by his brother. They were close. That is how I raised them. Charles, the son that was taken wrongfully, and I, his mother, and a friend stayed in Ankeny, Iowa for a night so that we could spend August 15th with my oldest son on his birthday. That was the best day ever. Charles said, I love you, bro, and James Lee Jr. said, I love you more. James Lee Jr. came out of his coma. So we spent the day together and then headed back to Muscatine. Anyways, to get to what happened to my son, Charles William Netherland. My son was a best man at my nephew's wedding on the 17th of August, and they had a reception after that evening. Still, later that evening, my son, Charles, went to a house party at an ex-in-law's family member's place. 
there was drugs and alcohol involved at that party. According to witnesses, there were only six people at the house. Four of the six were in the basement doing karaoke. Two were upstairs, Charles, my son, and a man named Hank. Hank claimed Charles shot himself. But according to witnesses outside the home, said they heard Robert, the person who was renting the house at the time, screaming at Hank, quote, why did you shoot him? End quote. The coroner report did not match the hospital report. The police lied about having my son's personal belongings and clothes, and the list goes on and on. Even the county attorney would not look into this. He claimed the police called it suicide before they left the police station to investigate this crime, and according to him, that was good enough. To really understand this whole crime, I will have to talk to you by phone or send you all of the paperwork and info we have on this, end quote. Well, you guys, that caught my attention, and Penny sent me Charles' entire case file. At the time, I was in the thick of covering Tanner Barton's case, and I was already beginning to look into Brittany Bell's case. Penny and her fiancé, Jerry, joined the Can't Stop, Won't Stop community in full force. They supported every missing, murdered, unsolved, and wrongful death case. They drove eight hours to join our protest in Kokomo, Indiana this summer. And then they came back again to Indiana for the March for Justice in Lafayette. You guys, seven days ago, Penny shared that she was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. And just five days ago, I got a heartbreaking call from a mutual friend saying that the cancer is spreading quickly and is moving into Penny's chest and neck. Penny is terminally ill, and the doctors are trying to keep her as comfortable as possible right now. This is why I stopped everything and moved Charles Netherland's fight for justice to immediate exposure. Penny did not ask for this. After speaking with the other families that I am currently working in depth with, Without hesitation, we knew we needed to do everything possible to get this loving, selfless, strong, and grieving mother justice while she is still here to join this fight. As you heard in her first message to me, Penny has four children, James Lee Jr., Charles, Brad, and Amanda. All three of Penny's sons are together in heaven. Brad passed away just five and a half months old from heart failure. James Lee Jr. was in a tragic car accident in March 2012, was in a coma for five months, had severe brain injury, and then passed away in March 2016. Charles passed away due to a highly suspicious gunshot wound to the head in August of 2012. Penny, Jerry, and Amanda have never stopped their fight for Charles's justice. You guys, on January 20th, 1987, 
Penny McDonnell started the new year with a beautiful baby boy, her second son, named Charles William Netherland. Charles loved spending time with his friends, especially fishing, watching football, and drinking together. His friends nicknamed him Binks because of his big heart and desire to help his friends whenever they needed him. On September 25th, 2009, Charles became a father. Taylor was his pride and joy. And then just one year later, on September 29th, his son Kylan was welcomed to this world. Charles loved spending time with his babies. They were his world. They changed his life. He specifically enjoyed going to parks and going out to eat. He and Taylor's mom, Heather, would take family vacations, and Charles was honored to have the title dad. Now, Charles did have some run-ins with the cops, and they seemed to target the Netherland boys. Pinning them for crimes, they later realized the Netherland boys did not commit. And some, they did. Charles and his brother, James Lee Jr., had a very special bond and they always stuck together. After James's car accident on March 17, 2012, Charles was devastated and he drove the two and a half hours to visit his comatose brother as much as he could. You guys, Jerry... Penny's fiance even took a job in Ankeny, Iowa, for six months to allow them to be closer to James. During a visit on August 15, 2012, James Lee's birthday, Charles and Penny witnessed James come out of his coma. You guys, Charles said, quote, I love you, bro, end quote. And then James Lee Jr. replied with, quote, I love you more, end quote. According to Penny, this was the best day ever. But just three days later, Penny was painfully awarded the worst day ever. On August 17, 2012, Charles Netherland had the honor of being best man at his cousin's wedding. You guys, and after the ceremony, at around 6 p.m., Charles spoke with Penny, and she could tell that he had already been drinking, and he seemed pretty lit. This was the last she would ever hear from her baby. After the reception, Charles and his buddy Hank were looking to continue to party. Around midnight, they got a ride to a mutual friend's house named Robert. Robert is the ex-husband of Charles' cousin, Marlena. Robert, Hank, Charles, Nellie, Jessica, Adriel, and four young children, ages one through nine, were all at the house party that night. There was drinking, wrestling, and singing karaoke in the basement. I have a statement saying that Robert's nine-year-old daughter saw her father selling pills to the downstairs apartment renter, and then his seven- and nine-year-old children went to bed between midnight and 1 a.m. So the house that they were at is split into like, multiple apartments with different renters throughout. So Robert was renting just one apartment within the house. 
At some point during the karaoke, it is alleged that Charles and Hank were being loud and they were wrestling and being annoying and they were asked to go upstairs. Not long after, Hank hurried back downstairs and said that Charles had shot himself and he began hysterically crying. It is alleged that Robert and Hank then went back upstairs and locked everybody else in the basement. I say alleged because as you'll hear in upcoming episodes, the witness statements are all over the place. So Robert had a gun cabinet in his bedroom that was found open with a loaded 45 caliber handgun resting just nicely on the edge of it. Yeah, it was resting about a foot off the ground on the edge of the cabinet near Charles's struggling to survive body. You guys, his death is ruled as a suicide, and that was determined at the crime scene. But... Both Hank and Robert say they never moved or touched the gun. Someone put the gun there and it sure as hell was not Charles. Penny, Charles's mother, was called by a girl named Jessica, whom wasn't even at the house party at 3.15 in the morning, informing her that Charles had been shot. However, though, you guys, 911 was not called until 3.37 a.m. Why? There is reason to believe that Charles was shot between 1 and 2.30 a.m. What is going on in the house until 3.37 a.m. when 911 was finally called? So what I do know from looking at the crime scene photos is that there is almost zero blood spatter. And you guys, the bullet entered and exited Charles's head. There is a large pool of blood on the floor where Charles was found. And that's pretty much it. Just a few drips and some stains elsewhere. I will go into more detail about the crime scene photos in upcoming episodes. You guys, when the police were granted a search warrant to the house, you can see that someone or someones had already been cleaning up and getting rid of evidence. There is a very large, clear garbage bag filled with bloody articles already sitting outside the side of the house. The bedroom that Charles was found in showed merely a pool of blood. And that's really about it. Did someone clean up before calling 911? Why did Robert allegedly lock everyone else in the basement? Where were the kids? How did only one person allegedly maybe hear a gunshot? Were there only six witnesses? And why were only four interviewed that dreadful August 18th day? Did the bullet that ultimately took Charles's life enter from the left or the right side of his head? Official reports say both. Who stole Charles's necklace? 
Why did Muscatine Police Department give Charles's shoes and cell phone to Robert? Why not give it to his parents? Why did Muscatine lie about the whereabouts of Charles's wallet? Why was there never crime scene tape up? And why were people allowed in and out of the house? Does Muscatine think they can rule Charles's death as suicide without proving it? Why won't Muscatine Police Department talk to Penny anymore? Why was Charles's sister attacked seven days later, the same day of Charles's funeral, by five men and three women? You guys, and one of those attackers allegedly admitted to killing Charles William Netherland. Why do I have a statement informing us that a Muscatine police officer said, quote, if they did a full investigation the day and night of his death, it would have interfered with our trip to Adventureland, end quote. Hey, officer, at least you have the opportunity to go with your child to Adventureland. Guess what? Penny doesn't even have that option anymore. And you are treating her child's death as an inconvenience. You signed up for this. You signed up for a job that helps people. You signed up for a job that requires flexibility. You are a disgrace. And I hope you never have to hear an officer talk about your child's death investigation in this manner. So you guys, today is just an overview of Charles Netherland's story. There is so much more. I have all of the police reports, crime scene photos, autopsy report and photos, audio interviews in the early morning hours, and those from days after his death. The amount of inconsistencies is ludicrous. I will go into great detail with you and allow you to hear the injustices for yourself. You guys, this happens way more often than we think. So many families think they are alone in their fight against law enforcement. I am here to let you know that you are not alone. You are not the only family treated poorly by law enforcement when seeking justice for a loved one. I am here to help give you the confidence to speak up. Use your voice and prove what is truly happening in your loved one's case. You guys, I am not at all against law enforcement. They are the ones that solved my sister-in-law's death investigation. Law enforcement is the one that found her alleged killers. I am just against bad law enforcement. Just like there are bad educators. Bad doctors. There are also bad police officers, and they need to be exposed. You can join our live this Sunday and every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook at Can't Stop, Won't Stop. 
You can also follow me at MyLindsayAnn on Instagram. I'd like to note that, you guys, I have zero training in law enforcement, and I have zero training as a lawyer. I am just a girl that is driven to find justice, and I am just a girl that truly cares. I am just a girl that has a hell of a lot more empathy for victims' families than many people with badges do. It is absolutely disgusting what so many grieving families have to go through. What if this happened to your child? Would you stop fighting? Would you back down? Hell no. We can't stop and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. If you enjoyed this episode, you guys, please, please, please give me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. This is free, and it will help get the awareness to the public about all the injustices happening to so many grieving families. Thank you for all of your support. And for those of you that don't like that I am helping families get justice, well, then just stay away because you know what? Mean people suck. I'm really excited to announce to you that my winter merch will be available very soon at can'tstopwontstop.store. That's can'tstopwontstop.store. Stay tuned. You know, I don't know why... So much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has been nine years since Tanner Barton and Charles Netherland were taken from all of us. And it has been four years since Brittany Bell and Egypt Covington were taken from all of us. It has been too many years of obstacles and lies from people they trusted and from the police. It has been too many years that no family should ever have to go through. Tanner, Charles, Brittany, and Egypt, we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. Please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn. A huge thank you to singer and songwriter Mr. Peace for allowing us the right to use the song Where'd You Go featuring our beloved Just I'm